Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is a distinct pleasure of the management to present you the evening's star attraction. Here we are back after our exclusive two-year engagement as a serious disagreement from Sydney, Australia, the physical media show on an omission from VOD, VOD, starring Finding Drago and Total Reboots, Alexi Toliopoulos. That's me, baby. And One Heat Minute and Zodiac Chronicles, Blake Howard. That is me. Welcome to the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. We're talking Blu-ray discs on this podcast. In fact, we're talking 4K UHD Blu-rays. Oh, baby. Uh, This is a very special episode, special for us because it is... Uh, now are one of our other partnerships, the great people at Studio Canal, and we're going to be talking an incredible release we love so, so, so much. Francis Ford Coppola. We love his entire body of work. I, in fact, have a character from one of his films tattooed on my body. That's right, Jack. Yes. Jack on the back. We've um, got Jack on the back, <laughs> one of the most curmudgeonly little boys that ever lived. Um but we're excited. Firstly, as Francis Ford Coppola has now turned himself into a winemaker, he is mm-hmm. sort of slowly curating restorations and yes. visitations of some of his classics. We've seen the Cotton Club release come. We've oh, seen God. Pop- Sensational release. If you haven't got it, it's the only way to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now, the final cut, which oh. really which really finds the perfect marriage between the original masterpiece, still my mm-hmm. favorite, and the incredible Redux. So finds a middle ground to those two things. And I yes, love that he doesn't, doesn't delete the others. They're just all there to find. They're but this dead. one is his incredible adaption of S.C. Hinton's classic novel, The Outsiders, that was actually lobbied by school mm-hmm. students for him to be a part of and to adapt and to bring to the cinema screen. And he actually did it. This time, he's bringing us a an incredible 4K set that he's titled The Outsiders, The Complete Novel, that not only includes the Complete Novel 2021 UHD 4K restoration with a whole stack of other extras, but an actual 2021 of the original theatrical cut of The Outsiders as well. Man, this release is stacked. We're so happy to be talking about it and bringing it to you on the Blues Brothers. Lex, I know you have had a longer relationship with both Essie Hinton and The Outsiders. I am so new to it, but holy crapola, when we were just looking at the specs of this bad boy together Mm -hmm. in preparation of receiving it and watching it, I was just like, this is how you do Blu-ray, and it is no surprise that the one and only Mr. Francis Ford Coppola just knows how to get us registered cinephiles going. Let's talk about The Outsiders. I wish that you could concentrate on something else just once in a while. What's your name? Pony Boy Curtis. These are greasers who uh, tried to pick up on our women. Someplace that grazers, socias must be someplace with plain ordinary people. You be careful. Ain't gonna hurt you no more. Stay gold, pony boy. 
Man, Blake, The Outsiders is a classic adaptation of S.E. Hinton's book, The Outsiders, a story about teen gangs. When two poor greasers, Johnny and Ponyboy, are assaulted by a vicious gang, the Socias, and Johnny kills one of the attackers, tension begins to mount between the two rival gangs, setting off a turbulent chain of events. I had revisited this movie a couple of years ago when I was going through and just re-watching all of Francis Ford Coppola's movies uh, because he is really one of my all-time favorite filmmakers. And of course, people will always go, oh, Francis Ford Coppola, yeah, he made like four of the best films of all time in the 1970s. Yeah, but what has he done since then? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, watch his 80s and 90s outbook. The guy is a fucking living god on earth. <laughs> any of his movies in the 1980s, if any other filmmaker released it, they'd be like, oh, it's the best film they ever made. But because his <laughs> early work so eclipses his other work, they remain kind of unheralded. And I have been trying to become a town crier and re-heralding <laughs> all of these films. And The Outsiders is kind of chief among them. Um, he adapted two S.E. Hinton novels back-to-back. -back. The Outsiders is a better well-known novel and a well-known movie. And the other film that he made based on S.E. Hinton's books is uh, Rumblefish, which straight up is one of my favorite movies of all time. I've got a poster of it a vintage one that I've yet to get framed. And I also have the soundtrack, a vintage soundtrack on vinyl. Um, and I prefer Rumblefish to The Outsiders because it is like this weird art house movie made for teenagers. But The Outsiders is a melodrama in the style of the classic 1950s first films made for teenagers like Rebel Without a Cause and movies starring Marlon Brando uh, that feel like they were the first films to really announce what teenagers were to the culture. Uh, they invented teenagers and I think it is so key for Coppola to have made a film in that style for a new audience uh, with one of the great announcements of an entire generation of future movie stars I from freaking Ralph Macchio to Matt Dillon to little baby Tom Cruise and a grown-up Patrick Swayze and a young Diane Lane. Like, it's one of the most stacked Brat Pack casts I ever lived. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible feat uh, of assembly of not only a cast capturing people on the rise like literally cat once you work with coppola catapulting them into superstardom if that was their trajectory and so it's really you know i think you and i even were texting back and forth i just couldn't believe um after watching this i'm like how hasn't hasn't like Rob Lowe and Tom Cruise done more movies and like we got Emilio Estevez and Tom Cruise together in Mission Impossible which is super fun but it's just like there's not enough of that. There has never been enough of these people getting back together. And truly, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to focus more on the complete novel uh, version of the film because that's what I've been diving through. But I just, despite the fact that I would probably say Rumblefish is more my favorite too, because as you said, it is just a little bit more expressionistic um, as opposed to sort of told straight down the line. But just everything about this movie the compositions the music the tone the structure the pace um and and the the chemistry that he's able to foster between mm. actors and and that he's able to make writ large on screen i mean it feels dumb like i i i, I feel honestly ill-equipped sometimes to go but his formal 
Nouse, when he's making this movie, makes other filmmakers pale in comparison. Yes. It's like if your worst movie was The Outsiders, like, you know, some people are like, oh, it's not that great. You're like, yeah, man, he already made four of the best movies ever. Like, do you think that guy forgot how to make a movie? Like, he mm -hmm. knows how to make movies and whether it's alchemy, whether it's age, whether it's the conditions with which he, you know, he was under. And I think that he seemed to thrive in the most overwhelming of circumstances. But man, I just, I was watching The Outsiders, the novel, having not seen it ever before. And I was just being completely like, just knocked my socks off. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, it's a, it's nice. It's a funny thing to be like juicing your letterbox stats at the beginning of this year, you know, preparing for, um, you know, a mission impossible, uh, podcast. I was being a guest on. And I'm like Tom Cruise and Emilio Estevez for a brief moment. There were like in my letterbox stats of like me watching together. I was like, Oh man, this is sick. But no, truly, um, a, a really incredible movie. And, and, you know, obviously when you compare it to the, you know, his masterpieces, it's just unfair, but mm. just uh, right from the outset, the textures, um, uh, the, the reality, the, the grit, the grease of this thing, um, it really sticks and it really has a stain and it's not, it doesn't have the same fifties idolatry of one of his, you know, great collaborators in George Lucas who did American graffiti, American graffiti mm. feels so sunshine and it feels so nostalgic. And this is the, this is the antidote to that. And he's making it with, you know, the nostalgia for friendships, but definitely um, has a very keen uh, and harsh view of the era. Yeah, I, I have to agree with everything Blake has said here. <laughs> um, this is such a freaking baller release as well. Like it <laughs> yes. is as stacked and as packed as a criterion. And I think Studio Canal is one of the very few studios that push their classics out in this way, where they pack it to the gills with special features. And I had picked up a couple of years ago now um, the only Blu-ray available of The Outsiders because I needed to re-watch it. And that was the complete novel version, which is a new recut that Coppola has done. And I think Coppola's recuts, at the very minimum, are fascinating. Um, whether they are improvements or not, they are different movies. Yes. And this, the complete novel, is one that restores a lot of content that was cut from the original release, the theatrical cut, um, that were excised from the novel. It also changes the music a little bit, has a little bit more of... 1950s and 60s era contemporary music in it um whereas the theatrical cut has a really beautiful score from carmine coppola um uh and i think that i have do now prefer the theatrical cuts yes um and just like I prefer Apocalypse, like, uh, despite mm. loving Redux and just how much more you could be in that world and see, you know, some of the original vision different and despite facets, yeah. a, a different facets. And then coming back to the final cut, which is just a blessing to see on the big screen. Mm. Like if you could, if you could rate Apocalypse Now, the final cut as a new release, like it would have been my number one that year. Like it, like yeah. other time. movies paled in comparison, God. but, but I, but I agree that going back to the original Apocalypse Now theatrical cut, which is, you know, still available on Blu-ray, and I'm so thankful for Coppola and the way that he continues to, you know, do these reassemblies, but then mm -hmm. being very open with the the iterations of his vision. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I truly think that, you know, his theatrical cut of that is just, like, sublime. And that's the thing. That also is a Studio Canal release, that 4K UHD of Apocalypse Now, and there is a version where you get all three on 4K UHD plus 
freaking Hearts of Darkness yes. and stellar release. This is up there in the same realm because you get both versions of the film restored wonderfully in 4K UHD. They look so beautiful. I I, I, I cannot believe like how stacked this is for just like a regular remastered standard edition that you can just buy in a freaking shop. <laughs> and I've seen that there is a more luxurious one that comes in like a bigger box that has got like some postcards and stuff in it. But like everything you need is in this. And yeah, absolutely agree. To have both versions, I cannot actually believe that they did that. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy to have this release. I'm so happy for it to replace the other one that I had. And there is so much great special features that kind of get into like how this movie comes about. Like there's a news report um, about like the petition of like how these kids got like uh, they petitioned Coppola because this is a book that is a prescribed text in high schools from basically when it was first released. Pretty much. Um, uh, and because it's written by a young female author, it was written by a girl who was a teenager when she wrote these stories. So it's this inspirational story for kids to like embrace creativity and become writers. That's what it was for me when I read it in high school and it was prescribed to me. And I remember in the back, it even had in the book, like this was turned into a movie by Francis Ford Coppola because kids wanted him to make it. And <laughs> seeing a little news report and him being on it and him going back to the school library and talking to the librarian and uh, that like started the petition and the kids coming back that had graduated, that had been part of it. It's so cool to just have like little like vintage featurettes like that on here with like new introductions from Coppola alongside it. Um, this is so sick. It's got all like actual like commentaries and stuff. I, I, I cannot believe that this is like a release that has like new commentaries from Coppola plus one with like all the cast. All the guys, all the guys, Matt Dillon, C. Thomas Howell, Diane Lane, Ro- Rob Lowe, Ralph Macchio, Swayze. Like the only person there is obviously not TC, but like uh, just the introductions, the level of the commentaries, the the fact that you get both restorations um, and just, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, as as you, I think I, I love what you said. Is like so much of us being obsessed with physical media is like not only finding these great editions, but like finding where to get them because some of them mm. are more exclusive and some of them are like you have to do the import train. Australia got freaking import all the time. My yeah, Lord. it's it sucks. But I'm a freaking studi- mini importer exporter, dude. <laughs> Same, and like that's why we love our friends over at Dead End DVD because like those guys like import some mm-hmm. really rare shit and you can buy them locally and all that stuff, and so you get so lucky, but. Truly, this Studio Canal release is, like, staggeringly good and has every bit of of every release that you see, even, like you said, with the postcards and things like that, if you're, like, an Uber collector. But just the standard, like, UHD that you can buy has all of this stuff. And you could spend countless hours on everything. And I love that in all these discs, he has a story of the restoration and he gets to sort mm. of articulate his intent for the cut and why he's doing it differently and what he's changing. And man, it just rips. And just like, and again, anytime you get to spend with a true master talking about their craft, it's freaking awesome. It's a gift. And so, yeah, I, I, I love this. I, I love this release. It's so good. It is for us, you know, we, we, we're starting to get more and more UHD stuff. This stuff is yes. just like one of our releases big time. Absolutely. This is like so far the best release of the year. Brother, just look at the freaking cover art, that new poster. Beautiful. 
I, this is a stacked uh, and packed release. For anyone who hasn't seen the cover art, it is done by the incredible Tony Stella, who I have actually commissioned to do two pieces of artwork. His illustration of the Zodiac that is on the Zodiac Chronicle podcast art is a Tony Stella original, and mm-hmm. I'm so stoked to see him blowing the hell up across yeah. all of the interwebs, across a whole bunch of these releases because his art is truly spectacular. And so, yeah, really special for me uh, this as... A, a work of art and you know that it that it comes in every edition is just really special yeah this rocks dude coppola your god baby <laughs> i'll freaking drink your blood and eat your sacrament any day well before this show devolves into the marriage of machine gun kelly and Ma- megan fox lex <laughs> and i are going to leave you and love you and 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 emphatically recommend this one get it into your carts asap you can buy it on all the different online outlets plus um physically in store if you are able to or feel safe to get out there do that and also right now when i was because i was just like was um, googling it while we were chatting the six disc edition of the final cut that lex and i were just talking about from apocalypse now another studio canal release is only 50 bucks on amazon for oz so damn like that's good hot damn that is cheap um, I might just everything. buy it again to get the thrill of owning it another time. <laughs> I, you know, if you want a, an early birthday present for um, your co-host, you can do that. But no, I genuinely, <laughs> um, so dirt cheap. I was just like, oh my God, just checking that other stuff. Some of the others we still haven't gotten in Oz yet. They're, they're more of the import one, but that one is really special. But um, we'll be back on more episodes of the Blues Brothers. We're going to have so many more episodes coming to you, probably weekly, uh, knowing everything that's going on um, with our upcoming releases and the stacks of stuff we'll cover. We've got so much more Ozploitation classics from our friends mm-hmm. at um- Umbrella Entertainment. We've got the latest entry in Sensual Cinema, Sex and Zen coming up, which is basically like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with Roots. So um, exciting times coming ahead. Lex, I know you are up to your neck and up to probably your nipples in an incredible mini series over at Total Reboot. Tell me all about it. Well, we're doing Millennium Mindfuck movies on Total Reboot. We're talking about the twist and turny movies of the new millennium, like Fight Club, Mento, Mulholland Drive. But I want to plug back an old episode that we did in 2021 when we did a Screen Ages mini series. Yes. We reviewed Rumblefish. One of my Cameron favorite episodes. Ever of the show, I I've listened to it twice and I wow. love it to, love it to pieces. Oh my god, is that true? Absolutely true. I was wow. driving uh, at the time. I'm uh, I was teaching. I was driving through a high school. I was listening to your Screen Ages series religiously as they were coming out every time, and I love that episode so much. It made me um, swoon for the movie all over again. And then recently. Um, I wanted something to listen to, and I and I often will go back and go, you know, what's a movie I love if I'm not watching a movie? And I'm like, mm. I'm going to hear Lex and Cam wax lyrical about wow. Rumblefish. Holy shit, well, you sold it better than me. It's one of my <laughs> favorite episodes of Total Reboot, but Blake's endorsement's way cooler. Um, so I would say watch Rumblefish and listen to that podcast. Uh, Blake, you just announced a podcast I'm very excited about uh, coming down the line later this year, Heat 2. Yeah, look, one, one, heat, ch- one heat chapter. And one chapter at a time. We're not changing the name of the show. So many people are like <laughs> trying to think of funny things. Um, but I, I, I'm One Heat Minute is coming back in the 165th episode of One Heat Minute. Travis Woods, my dear friend, who I later collaborated on deeply in the Incredible Increment Vice series that just had a bonus episode from Paul Thomas Anderson. So rush Holy back to shit. listen to that. Um, Travis made me swear 
that I he did not want the show to end. He was a fan of it. He was such an amazing supporter. And he said, Blake, please promise me that if this heat novel comes out, you will do a show. And <laughs> so immediately as Mr. Man announced that he was doing it, I said, Travis, you bet your sweet ass, I will keep my promise. One heat minute will return in August of this year. And already the crew of people is assembling. And I can tell you hot off the press now, I can just give you this little hinted tip. The co-author of the Heat 2 novel, Meg Gardner, Edgar Award winner, is in touch yes. and is looking like we'll be on the show. And as someone who did one Heat Minute, you bet your sweet butt that I'm already in talks to try and secure the man himself on his press cycle tour to come back and the be a part of the show. M-A-N-N. The man himself, you betcha we're already talking. I'm throwing that out in the universe because I do want it to happen so much. Uh, but I also feel greedy that this is now my potential third chat um, ever with Michael Mann. Um, on a podcast, which is pretty insane. And if I could go back to my, uh, the Blake who started collecting the old humble DVD, um, uh, he would not believe me that I was talking to Michael Mann on a show. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty insane. So much coming down the pipe. You guys are listening to this in one of the last weeks of Zodiac Chronicle. Um, I'm extremely proud of that series. Um, You would have hopefully heard Alexi and Cameron um, on uh, maybe one of the most anticipated episodes of the entire series, the basement scene with Bob Vaughn, played by Charles Fleischer, one of the weirdest human beings of all time. Oh, Charles. Stand-up comedian, voice of Roger Rabbit. Um, incredible episode um, there, which Lex and Cam are the centerpiece of um, uh, that we're talking there. So many more wow. great epi- So many more great episodes to come, um, including the final episode, which is... I don't know. Uh, there are so many guests that are going to be in that final episode. There are so many people that are talking about it. There's so much content that I have to mine through um, to get that final episode out. But it is largely an incredible conversation between Mr. Travis Woods and I, who um, uh, my friend Jordan Harper, um, who's uh, an Edgar Award winning crime author himself, uh, said this quote of Travis, which I'll share, which he says, nobody bleeds for movies like Travis bleeds for movies. And I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels suitable that he joins me for the final episode amongst an incredible lineup of other people, James Vanderbilt, Robert Graysmith, you name it, baby. We have it um, for Zodiac Chronicle. We're kicking, we're, we're getting out of here. We're going to this cafe. We're going door to door on this bitch and we will be done by the end of January and moving on to bigger and better and more wonderful things in One Hit Minute Productions. Oh, mama, you love to hear it. Babies, go out and buy some Blu-rays or <laughs> order them online if you feel safer doing that. Uh, support Dead End DVD. We gave them a shout-out. We'll give them another one. Great yeah. local importer of Blu-ray content. The, we love you, Dead End. Love you guys at Dead End. Currently stocking a favorite on the VHS for me when I was a kid, starring Kim Basinger and Dan Aykroyd. My Stepmother is an Alien, a really weird movie that disappeared off the face of the earth for about yeah. 25 you years. You pick it up. I haven't picked it up yet. I've, I've I've got it in my uh, I've got it in my cart, but I'm excited to revisit that one uh, when they right. when those guys get that. I might snake it out from underneath you and buy it before you do. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, babies, and keep spinning and whirring those discs and joining in the blues, brothers, baby. Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. 
Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big-